0: nine eight seven six five four three good luck studio and now
1: ladies and gentlemen it's my pleasure to introduce to you paul chandler the shy
0: yeti <laughs> he's not that shy All I wanted was a pie. And
1: then I hatched out of an egg. OK, bring the mic over.
0: He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it is it deep? Is it deep?
1: a boy. He's had all that shy and bright right Blimey, Governor. It's the Shy Life Podcast. Excellent. 500 of them.
0: Hello, campers. How are you? Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? I'm good. And you? Great. Uh, well, um, so what's going on this episode? Well, uh, I'm here with Nick, Nick Goodman. Yeah. Um, and, well, it's not exactly a sequel to our book club episodes but I guess it's a companion piece but um, well let's run the theme music and when we come back I'll explain to you exactly what we'll be doing this episode. Run that theme music Darling it's the Shy Life Podcast
1: <laughs> <laughs> You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere Hello yeah, what falls, uh, uh, it. I mean, I, I'll go yeah, anyway for a Delicious. This particular episode of the Shy Life is a little more abstract than usual. Mm-hmm. Go Shy Yeti. Oh, I hope you haven't found out my secret.
0: Maybe he have. If you thought that was bad, nice, just listen to this. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. For it to begin. It's the Shy Life Podcast. Sorry, we're going to Yeah, yeah I, I'm strangely drawn to Yeti younger girls' ankles as well. <laughs> but has the Shy podcast slowed down? I don't think it's so. It's all gooey and medium. Yum, 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 yum.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we're back. So, yes, I had an idea for this episode, Nick, just yeah. just this morning. Um, we're sitting in your your spare room. Yeah. Is that what you call it? Your your well, spare room, your, yeah. yeah. It's
1: kind of... The, it's a non-TV um, sort of hangout. Bu- books, yeah, books, um, books, TVs, and, and records. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's also where we've done the li- uh, m- most of the live episodes that we've done for Pride Forty Eight be- have been done in this room as well.
1: And also a lot of the when we were Skype podding yeah, uh, during lockdown, we, I, I, all of that was I think pretty well all of that was from here. Also, it's fitting.
0: Now, I, I was thinking as somebody who stayed in this room a lot and has stayed in your spare rooms. All over the all the all over the years, you have a lot of interesting books, oh, thank you. and um, and I don't think that um, we've discussed a lot of the ones that I'm looking at right now. But uh, I, I thought that we'd we'd have a sort of a little book club. We'll just go through some of the books that you mm-hmm. have kept in the, in this room, and you can tell us sort of a little bit about them. Yeah, um, sure. Now, let me see. Uh, I see you've got the Richard Burton diaries. I yeah. I've got. Uh, I, I went through a stage of buying. Um, I, i've got some richard, richard burton books and biographies and also some Liz taylor ones mm. um I, I don't know I'm, I'm mainly interested in richard burton because he was born Well, we, we have we have the same birthday that's right not the first, not birth date mm. but um yeah we're both november the 10th people um i'm
1: not sure he was he was born the same year as my dad 1925 mm. um and obviously you know he, he didn't last quite as long as my mm. dad but um, I that was very much Ali because mm. of course obviously there's there's a mixture of mine and Ali's stuff. Yes, yeah. that was very much Ali's intention to get it. But I'm I would like to settle. I haven't read it yet, but I, I'd like to settle down and read it because he was a very com- interesting, complicated man. Yeah, and of course you know with his on-off uh, legendary mm. uh, relationship with Liz Taylor. Um, I, yeah, it's nice. It's always it's like um, Kenneth Williams. It's yeah. nice to get into the
0: the mind of someone that complicated. And Yeah, I'm not sure if I have. I think in a way I'd be quite interested because I do like diaries and, and I think maybe the books I've got are more biographies uh well so rather than diaries i think the diaries would be interesting i have to mm. make sure so again i bought i buy a lot of books mm. but don't necessarily get around to reading them for, for years later mm. um but you've got quite a lot of uh uh sort of biographies on that top shelf you've
1: yeah i got... do I, it, to an extent i always try and group together mm. um subject but in because books come in so many shapes and yeah. sizes yeah. It's, it's very very difficult to do that um so you kind of try... I'm trying to get plays, um, religious literature mm. and kind of classic literature like the, the um, Time Machine and Lord mm. of the Flies and things like that, and plays. Yeah, see the, the,
0: the some Alan Bennett I see there. Oh, it's <laughs> an Alan Bennett, yeah. History, <laughs> history boys. Um, oh, yeah,
1: um, yeah, history boys. I was given that. Mm. Um, I think it might have been my alley. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think. Why I think uh, maybe uh, I don't know if there was somebody in it that we knew or something, but uh, that was interesting. Um, and
0: I've read it. Yeah, and it's a very good play. Um, and it's um, I read some I, of his diaries. His diaries are interesting. Yeah, and uh, fun to read. Uh, interesting, in- intelligent man, very gentle man, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and of course very prolific. You also got John Mills,
1: uh, which I don't. Again, that's Ali. Um, I'm quite interested in him, but I'm not quite as interested in him as as Ali is. But um, yeah, that's. uh, Yeah, I've got. We've got two John Mills books, actually. We've got in the other room, because we've got more books in our bedroom. Mm -hmm. And we've got a book of John Mills's. um, This is a very. Prolific photographer, mm. and uh, he, he did loads of you know, there's all sorts of famous people, including there's a there's because they they were doing some dive some swimming mm. in their uh, one of their the digs. And you've got you've got uh, um, Laurence Olivier's bum, <laughs> one of the photographs. Um, so, yeah, that's a, he, in, again an interesting man. I quite like his stuff, Ali's more into the old films like the black and white mm. war mm. films and things like that. I, I'm not really. My cup of tea, but, um, yeah, that's that's an Ali. What about Arthur Lowe, better known, uh, yeah. best known for being in Dad's army? Um. No, I think... I can't remember whether I gave that to Ali or Ali gave that to me, but I have mm. read it, mm. and it's very good. Is that a biography? It's a biography by his son. Yeah. Oh, right. And um, it's, uh, it starts with... Funny enough, it starts with his death, because mm. um, he, he kind of... Uh, where he was and his reaction to um, uh, when it was announced that Arthur Lowe died. And mm. he kind of, like, he was... I think he was a long-distance truck driver at the time, and he, um, he heard on the radio Arthur oh, Lowe's done. All oh, right, that's a shame. Hang on, <laughs> Arthur, that's my dad. Um, and, you know, and the, it's a delightful book, and it's it's a nice portrait of um, the the dad's army team. Um, I have another diet 's Army book down there, but we'll mm. come to that later. But, yes, it's, uh, it's got some wonderful quotes in it, especially from John Laurie, who you sort of felt that Arthur Lowe rather prostituted himself in his career. Mm. The man's got no dignity.
0: <laughs> give him a thousand of quid and he'll get into a monkey suit. <laughs> <laughs> now, um... You've got Joan Sims. Is that an autobiography? That is an autobiography, I yes. feel like I've got um, that
1: myself. Or jo- maybe. Jo- 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 but, uh, it uh, belongs to Hallie, um, although I, I quite like Joan Sims. I, 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 liked, I, I, I When she comes in on guest appearances on shows, I always knew, ah, yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, 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 just,
0: just, just in case, maybe our American listeners, Joan Sims was one of the carry-on team as well, as, as well as being on lots of other things. But, I mean,
1: uh, one of the things she was in in 1986 was Doctor Who. Yes. And as a... As a Doctor Who fan, I, I suppose I haven't actually read the full book, but I've, I'm going <laughs> to flip forward yeah. to 1986 and I was very disappointed to learn. She, she didn't really enjoy it, um, and really, which is a shame because there's other stories about um, when she was in it that... Um, uh, Colin Baker was saying they had a pretty eating competition and they had lots of fun. It sounded lots of, like lots of fun, and it's a pity she couldn't have mentioned the fun as well. Yeah. The <laughs> fact that
0: she didn't understand it. Okay, so, hey, um, I'm not judging. <laughs> I, recently, I recently read Stephanie Beecham's autobiography, and although I was, that was quite of. She's quite uh, a spiritual person, but not necessarily in a traditional going to church way. Lots of different things, and so mm-hmm. it. it, 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 it you're you're interested in all the anecdotes, and then it kind of goes into a couple of chapters of that, which I'm not quite so sure about. Yeah. But um, I I was thinking I was trying to find some film, some horror films she was in in the early seventies by a British director, and I thought she had looking flicking through it. I thought she hadn't discussed them, um, and obviously I was interested in what she might say about being in Dynasty and the Colbys. Yeah. But it turns out she did mention that film director, but she the autobiography just wasn't. In a hundred percent chronological order, yeah. uh, It did get mentioned, up, uh, and, and it sounds like she did quite enjoy. When, those when, I suppose, I, I, I suppose also that um, there's one book that I used to have and
1: gave away, which is Bruce Purchase's autobiography, um, who played a, um, a sort of blustering, villainous character in Doctor Who, um, the, the Captain, mm. and he is, as far as I'm aware, best known as the Captain, mm. and apart from a photograph. He doesn't even mention it. And it it's just his theatre work, which is good, but yeah. um, the other book I gave away that I was given uh, for one uh, one birthday was um, um, Stephen Burkhoff's mm. autobiography. Mm. And it was just so pretentious and
0: boring that I, I just... <laughs> Sorry, Stephen. Although I'm a fan of the kinks, I never read Ray Davis's... Autobiography because I think he writes it almost like a fictional novel where he does. I mean, where it's a um, c- character. Stephen and...
1: Burkov called himself the actor in it. <laughs> yeah. and he doesn't he doesn't sort of mention anybody by name, which mm. makes a very boring yeah. book. <laughs> and he just mentored, mentored rehearsals and and shagging people, but he doesn't mention them. And, and <laughs> kind of I thought, oh, come on, you, you know, if you're going to write a book, write a book. You know, just, just go for it. Um, probably the most disappointing.
0: Um, but mm. uh, uh, autobiography I've ever read. Mm. I, I see you, you've got uh, uh, Time Machine by H.G. Wells. Um, is that your one of your is that yours? Is that any, it is my, It yeah. is mine? Yes, is I, it because it's time travel or is it because it's HG Wells? I think or? it's <laughs> I, uh,
1: um, a bit of both actually. I think because. Um, it, I bought that in 1986 whilst I was un, unconscious, unemployed! <laughs> <laughs> um at the time now. I, well, possibly, but more to the fact that I was about to write a Magnet Editor story yeah. called The Time Trigger, which had vari- which was all about various theories about time travel and, and there's, there's a, its practical application. And um, it was probably the most difficult story I I had to t- do that year, and mm. I kind of wanted to get back to basics as to how what how people really peel it back and see how what how people think that time travel could actually physically happen. Mm. So I think it was that, and I I I suppose I I, mean, I suppose time lash because um, somebody <laughs> mentioned on one of the sonic waves that's the tape mm. scenes. That um, about there were real parallels to the Time Machine and, and, and Time Lash, so I thought I'd give it a well And
0: I've always rather liked the cover, for which the, is n- quite nicely done and for, quite. For lovely. the listeners not in the know, t- Time Lash is um, slightly, well, vaguely controversial Doctor Who story in that it isn't meant to be that good, um but it. uh Actually, has H.G. Wells as a character who travels on the TARDIS at one point in the story and is heavily involved in the story. Um, Yeah, so. uh, Yeah, yeah, I I did read it and I I quite liked it. I I thought, um, of course, he
1: goes into the future because H.G. Wells always thought in in terms of the future. I I actually thought it would have been more interesting if he'd gone into the past because that would have given us a a reference point that we knew
0: about. H.G. Wells has a lot um, of, of connections with awoking near where I live, in in the I think he was writing The Invisible Man and War of the Worlds whilst he was living in that area. I don't know if he wrote any other ones, but those are the ones that are particularly that there's a an invisible man sort of I can no, see it straight. Mm. There's an invisible man sort of statue in the, one of the pubs, but it's he like when he went. Into but it's <laughs> it, it's it's sort of like when he was wrapped in bandages, so that it's, yeah. it's a kind of it, it's sort of you can I, see I, that I, there's nobody inside, or yeah, it uh, looks like there's nobody inside I'm the bandages. I've,
1: I have um, elsewhere. I have two versions on DVD of the invisible. Mm-hmm. Um, two, versions. yeah, I've got the David McCullum mm. adventure American adventure series, and I've mm-hmm.
0: also got the BBC One um, classic adaption from 1984. Poppy was talking about the Which 1950s I, version with Debbie Watling yeah. um, on, on a show not so long ago. Um, but um, with, with I think Time Machine and Invisible Man, rather than,
1: uh, for me, rather than the War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds I've not read, but obviously I've read an adaption of it and yeah. I'm familiar with the story. I think maybe um, Martian Invasions of Earth is something that just been done to death a little bit too much since. Obviously, mm-hmm. it must have been a complete novelty when the, the book came out. But where, where, I, I've not, I'm not so much interested in
0: the story. Horswell Common, which I think features in that name, it, it is, is one of the crash points of, of the Martians, is the common that's on the outskirts of Woking. So do quite a lot of Sutton Park on Horswell Common. But
1: also, Invisible, Invisible Man is a very personal journey and an interesting concept. Uh, and the fact that the lead character isn't actually all that nice. Mm. Um, and the Time Machine, the whole mechanics and philosophy of going through time was an interesting one. Um, also, I suppose that explains also the why um, Time After Time, which has HG, um, Malcolm McDowell's H.G. Mm. Wells, is one of my favourite films, because it's, it's a lovely concept, <coughs> um, and ma- he makes a very
0: vulnerable hero. You also have a copy of... William Golding's Lord of the Flies, yeah. which I did at school, but also has a lot of connections with Salisbury because William Golding was a teacher here. You, and yes, and he was a teacher at Bishop's. He was a teacher at Bishop's, went. yes. Now, I think this... Oh, that's the version I had with that... that yes, that's with the, 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 the crying with pig. With the pig. Mm.
1: Now, I'm just having a little look here because I did Lord of the Flies in 1984 with, with school.
0: Yeah.
1: Looking at this copy, I don't think eighty three it's the same version that I had at school, mm. but i don't think oh gosh, this is going back a bit i don 't think it's the book mm. because when we had the book, it was we'd scribble in it and we we'd put notes and everything, but I remember finding it a very very interesting yeah. book and and it in, it did inspire a manuscript editor story
0: mm. I've seen it, I've seen, and there's that film version from the 60s, that's mm. quite, although I'm sure there's other versions since It's a frightening we're... concept,
1: and um, various, various sort of <laughs> genres have dug into it, like um, Children of the Corn, mm. the, the um, Stephen King horror story. Um, there's an episode of The Survivor, the 70s series, The Survivors, which
0: goes similarly along those lines. For, I guess for those who don't know, I'm not going to give a long synopsis, but Lord, Lord of the Flies is about a load of schoolboys. It is just boys, isn't it? On on, a, on an island. I can't remember how they get there. Is it plane think, or I boat? Or the or plane crashes. Plane crash. and they're the only survivors. Yeah. I think they're all school kids. Yes. Yeah. Um, and there's
1: it's a survival of the fittest, really. Yes, they, they, yes. they suddenly become the... Gov- they have to become the grown-ups. They become the government. Now, and the, uh, everything... They try... Um, democracy, as mm. as anybody that picks up a conch,
0: yeah,
1: uh, is, is able to speak. And in the end, the conch gets broken, mm. and the I think um, the, there's a fat kid that's always picked on. Mm. Uh, don't give, don't, he,
0: don't, 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 give too many spoilers. I'm <laughs> well,
1: telling you of a plot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go and see
0: it <laughs> right. It's
1: uh, all done in the best possible. Um,
0: <laughs> the funny, the funny thing is, and I don't know whether this was. A true story, and I may have even mentioned it in some other context, Um, but my English teacher, Mr. Rigiani, at um, Chaffin Grove, the private school I went to for two years before I went to the grammar school, used to. I don't know if that's when we did Lord of the Flies, but he certainly mentioned that he was at Bishop's when William Golding was his English teacher, and he also maintained that he was in the class that was left to... It was that William Golding left his English cast one day and kind of secretly watched as the little, in the same way as the boys are left on the island and things start breaking out and oh. different factions. He he did that. that he uh, Mr. Vigiani claimed that he was one of the schoolboys that inspired. <laughs> William Golding to write Lord of the Flies now uh, who knows I mean he probably would have been the right age if that was not impossible but, uh, um, <laughs> but whether or whether it was just a bit of a, a good story to tell yeah. some, 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 some schoolboys I don't know but um, uh, can I can I just
1: quickly point out um, we've got the complete dramatic works of Samuel Beckett I'm, mm. I'm quite a I wouldn't say I was a um, knowledgeable fan, but I do like his work. It's very, it's very mysterious mm. and minimal. And um, I, I saw Rebecca play for the first time uh, when I went to, col- to, uh, to watch something else. Uh, to, um, the college group when I was at... Well, I went back to college in 96. And there was a play called Play, which is basically three people who have died... And they're in the sort of either hell or purgatory, mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. And it was so haunting and interesting. I, I've it's stuck with me ever since. And I mm-hmm. wanted to see more Beckett. Um, it's very con- Beckett is very controversial because he's he's just very very weird. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I like him very much. And I have to say, my mum appeared on um, the quiz show Eggheads uh-huh. uh, in two thousand and six, and I was I, I was very proud of her being on it. But I kind of buried my head in my hands when she the question that um that flawed that knocked her out knocked her team out mm. was her was one on Beckett. Uh-huh. And I think it was a play it was a play of his called Happy Days written by Beckett and I she said, I wouldn't have thought so. He wasn't very happy But I thought, No, mother, <laughs> no, don't get a question wrong on Beckett. I, <laughs> oh, no. But um I've actually I'm actually preparing a, a sketch um, of, a, of a Tom and Jerry episode uh, in the style of Beckett, where um, you know, because he's very nihilistic and very sort of rhythm. And um, he, uh, I, I have this, this idea for a, a thing where Tom eats Jerry in the first thirty seconds of the first mo- first uh, cartoon, mm. and realizes he's just jeopardized his whole career because he, you know, he's got he's got nothing to chase, and he kind of goes around this, goes around with his mouse tail in his mouth, mm. and. Um, I, 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 I must re. To get the, the feel of it, I must re read re back it, but I've, I've, it's just a bit. <laughs> on the okay.
0: second On the second shelf down uh, um we've got The Complete Goodies, which is all about the TV show The Goodies. Yes,
1: the, this is a book I've had my eye on for some time, but the acqui- acquisition of it is rather tragic because um, this book used to belong to my friend David Hamilton, um, who, a uh, mutual friend with my friend Alan a lovely lovely guy um and very friendly and and scholarly and um we, when his stuff was gone through a lot of you know the site tele- telly television classic television fans like myself were kind of approached by alan and say oh, you know this is for this is up for grabs if you want it and this was one of many that i actually lay nabs on because mm. i'm i'm the goodies was my first favorite program um, when I was a kid and it, interestingly enough and I've only recently re- re- realised this um, the guy that wrote it, Robert Ross we, um, that is to say Ali and myself watch a lot of talking pictures TV mm. and this guy was the, is the main interviewer for the famous people and for Christmas this year just gone, it was Christmas just gone I bought Ali um, a whole um, box set of interviews that Robert Ross did with some famous people um Liz Fraser uh, Fra- Fraser Hines, no not Fraser Hines um George layton a lot of film stars as well including Michael Craig um and uh, yeah so he I it's that's a name I probably didn't know last year but do know now so but yeah it's got a complete episode guide
0: to the goodies and the uh, the book next to it um Prophets of Doom, that's uh, a book all about the TV show Doomwatch from the early 70s. Mm-hmm. Is, is, um, is is that uh, a favourite? It is, yeah. Um, it was written by Michael Seeley, who um,
1: oh, yes. I, he is known to us. Um, I think he's worked on, around the archive, mm. Tropy and Lisa. And um, he's, he was a pen friend of mine in the early 90s. And I have to say, he, used, he must have been getting to Doomwatch the same time as I did. Uh, cause he used to supply me with some copies mm. but you he didn't hear that from me. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, he, uh, and he, ex- it, uh, the, there was a previous version of this from 10 years ago. And this is the expanded version with some other people from the production team tracked down and interviewed. Mm. And there was enough expansion for me to say, yeah, I'd like a, I'd like the expanded copy. And it's also, in, it's also a larger book than before and in bigger print. Mm. And, um, someone like me who's getting on a bit and his <laughs> eyesight's not quite as good as it used to be I was very but I have read that book from cover to cover several times and and Phil Ware who's also uh, as sort of credited to this one yeah uh, is does an amazing no stone unturned which is just what I like um so yeah it's 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 it is a favorite yeah what's the book next to it? I can see a sign but I can't see what it's about that's assigned an unofficial guide to Sapphire and Steel. Oh. Now, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of Sapphire and Steel, and I think it's been rather underrepresented, mm. and, and the production side of it, which I'm always interested in, I've never read much about, so I was drawn to this book because of that, and I don't think it disappointed, actually. It's very well written by Richard Calligan. Now, if he's out there, hello... But I have a feeling because I used to run the Doctor, Who Ta- as you know, I, mm. listeners know, I used to run a Doctor Who tape magazine Ray Face Shift, and I have a feeling that Richard Callaghan was a, a customer of mine at one mm. point. Um, I, I think he mm. got has got some RPSs back in the day, but yeah, it's he does a good job, and you, I learn you learn much about the production
0: and the writing, and I'll have to i uh, I'd have to have a look. At, I don't think I've seen that you had that before. Yes, it's yeah,
1: it's, nice, it's good. Mm. Um, it's and i I like I like to know the
0: all the sort of anal retentive facts like when things were made and how they were made. And, and, and again, for those who who don't know, Savon Steele, starred Joanna, Lum, Joanna Lumley, better known well, potentially better known these days for Absolutely Fabulous or the New Avengers. And David McCallum was Steele, best known for um, um, what's it called. Uh, uh, well, man for Munkle. Man for Munkle. Invisible Man, man, uncle, uncle, man, from, man. Really, yeah. um, And also, he's lots of things he, to this day he's, he's a hardworking. he's probably um, best known for that crime whatever crime show he, he that um, That's diagnostic right. show CS... is he in one of the CSI, CSI ones or, but, or whether or he still is I'm not sure but, um, but I mean he's, he's nineteen <coughs> next year and
1: um, he's he's incredible he just goes on and on he doesn't age all that much <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, now next to that what, what's the limbo connection is that the limbo a... connection is um, that's the original book of the what became the s- six Armchair Thriller oh, uh, yes. in series one. They, it finished off series one, uh, written by Derry Quinn, who was a writer that came quite late to novels. I think mm-hmm. he was a scriptwriter before then. I could I could have got that wrong, but um, he yes. I mean I've with Armchair Thriller is one of my favourite shows ever, and I. It was a mixture of original scripts and adapted books. So when I started getting the DVDs and started re-watching it, um, I was keen to track down the original books in the, in the case uh, where the original mm-hmm. books have been. So um, Limbo Connection, yeah, yeah it's, it's fairly um, close to the book. Um, they, I've, there was one book I haven't, haven't got anymore, of, which is his second story, Fear of God, which is in the second mm-hmm. season. And uh, that's very different from the telly version. And I think the telly version is a lot better. <laughs> it's a lot tighter. It's a lot more exciting. Um, and, it, you know, there's half, the, half the book mm-hmm. has the lead character, the journalist trailing around London, um, just getting one little obscure cue after another, whereas, you know, there's lots more tension in the it. mm-hmm. It's tightened up right. And the, the end is completely different, but... Uh, but anyway, yeah, Limbo Connection's nice. It's about a geriatric um home that is experimenting with kind of well, I won't give give too much away, <laughs> but um it, it it's up to no good. And uh the and uh James Boland was in the and um, Rosalind Ayres were, were, were the leads in the in the in, the, in the, that story. And I sorry when it went down
0: and you've got there's a, a book called Callan Under the Red Sky. Is that about Callan or or novelisation? It novelization? is
1: Callan, yes. No, no, it's it's uh, an overview of the series. Oh. Mm-hmm. Written by a man I admire very much, Andrew Pixley, who um, is probably best known for his Doctor Who publications, but he's somebody who is extremely knowledgeable about production details and script development and things like that. He's a walking mine of information, and he's he's known for his meticulous um, compilations of mm. of notes of, mm. of things. Uh, so he, he's good pedigree, and he doesn't disappoint on this one. I've I've been a Callum fan for about twenty years now, and um, I, I was keen to get a definitive mm. episode guide and details, mm. and, uh, and this this was the one I chose.
0: It's by uh, Network, who I know more for releasing.
1: DVDs. I DVD, didn't know yeah. network did books. No, neither do I.
0: I as far as I'm <coughs> aware it's the only network book I've got. Um, but yeah, like you, I, I didn't actually realise. Next to that you have a book about a TV series that my mum mentioned randomly in some of our, one of our chats. Um, uh, there's a book about El Dorado, the TV yeah. show from the That's early right. 90s. Um, it was given to me by Keith
1: Muzzlewhite, mm. who at the time that El Dorado went out was my I mean, still one of my best, bestest friends. But he's he we he and I were very close around that time. El Dorado came out. He was a huge, um, still is a, a huge fan of the BBC's output. And if anything like El Dorado came along, he was extremely loyal to, um, the, uh, the, you know, sort of trying out new things. So. Um, and he liked, I think he liked the look of it. And there was, you know, we talked we talked a lot about El Dorado. And True. We, with, oh, yeah, it's only been like, for about a year, didn't it? Almost exactly. It. Um, it, uh, it was, I think, I, I, sat, I satirised this a bit in my film One More Bow, in that it was doing the very un-British thing of kind of promising sexy in the Sunday, you know, it was basically, I, I, I feel this and trainer were um, the BBC trying to still do the glam soaps of the, of the eighties, which mm. were, the Americans were doing in the eighties, but was old hat by the nineties. So, and sooner or later, you know, the, all the critics came out to maul it because of the, there were some inexperienced actors and, and the storylines or whatever, you know, they, they didn't have a lot of time for it, and I think the BBC suits got um, got wind of this, and they've, they've, they, uh, they 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 can't, they 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 cancelled it. And I think, and I think the ratings were,
0: by then the ratings were going up. The ratings you know, were quite healthy. But it it no, was it was filmed in Spain, and I think it was filmed in a town called Mijas. I think it was Mijas. It was it was in an area of Spain that my parents and I used to have we used to have family holidays. So I kind of yes. knew. And I the standing watch. set is still there, it, but you can you can book holidays in it. I don't around. remember. I don't remember if it, what month it finished.
1: It, uh, it was July to July. then Southern Park came along, it was it was it was it was uh, Sutton <coughs> Park was born halfway through its run. Yeah, that wasn't. But sure. you, you you were at university by by the time because you started in ninety two, didn't you? Yes. at university You So it was already oh, you, was you were coming to the end of your first year. Yeah. Um, when it's finished, but. Um, yeah, Keith and I had this... I don't know whether... I know he still likes it to this day, but I, I if it was still on, I'd probably still give it a shot.
0: I think my mum mentioned... i I'm quite sure li- my mum mentioned liking, quite liking it or talking I We were I about something. I thought it was... Um, I don't remember her know, watching was, it, to
1: be honest. <laughs> it's, uh, um, yeah, some of the acting was a bit... But you don't let that bother you if you're following an ongoing story. There's mm-hmm. always something to it. And I, I, we followed it and my parents followed it. I used to watch it with my parents. And... Um, Keith and I we 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 just talk about it a lot and he and I had a bet together that we could um we it, it, to see how many pe- how many episodes we could take before we got bored of just taping them and um we did I, I he outstripped me on that front because he he went right to the end um but he I think he's I think if I'm not very much mistaken I could be wrong about this I think he's actually credited in that book Who who wrote that? And uh, Robert Stern. But um, I think he's certainly credited in one the Ferrettie Lambert book with got. But he, yes, he was. um, He and I were talked about it a lot. We used to joke about it, and and we were both young. Lusty bucks and we, uh, uh, any of the watchable women on that we used to <laughs> enjoy, um, and I have happy memories of it because I, I was probably in my first serious relationship at the time. Um, in fact, I almost married her, um, and we, we we used to watch all El Dorado together, and so it was. It, it yeah. represents a happy period, even though it was a very troubled time for for the Beeb. Mm-hmm. But um, I quite liked reading. I rather like that uh, book. Um, I'll quickly mention, just between Limbo Connection and Callum there, mm. um, a book I actually um, got from my parents' house after my mum died. I pres- I actually gave that to my mum in 1981. I think it might have been Easter, as an Easter present. Art Afterpieces. <laughs> it's an American comic who's taken great masterpieces of, of artwork and, and sort of adapted them and sort of... Put flies on the end of people's noses <laughs> and, and kind of had had the old lady sat in the chair and had her had watching telly and yeah. there's all sorts of rather fun things and there's there's so, there's a sketch of somebody painting somebody and and they're doing a silly silly childish picture of them. <laughs> it's quite a funny silly little book that uh, I bought from Paperback Parade oh. and um, but uh, yes, I thought I I'm, I, I always quite like the look of it, so I uh, took it on after. After Mum died.
0: Then the, the, um, there are two books by the actor Michael Sheard. Three. that's oh, that's oh, that that the third one? yellow one. So I wasn't sure. It's faded a bit. I, yeah.
1: I don't think it was very...
0: Is the third one that we're, the one that we're in? Uh, the
1: third one is the one that we're in, yes. Michael Sheard was a prolific um, film and TV <coughs> actor who we had the great privilege to meet a few times in the late 90s, early noughties. Um, he died in 2005... Um, and he did a series of books about his career. Um, by the third one, he was asking for contributions from fans, and both Paul and I contributed. There's actually a picture of um, Trobin Lisa from the uh, uh, from the archive right, who became
0: quite close to him. Mm. Uh, yeah, there's yes, Mr. Bronson, yes, Admiral. What's what Admiral? The... Wall, Admiral Aussie, or Oswald? He plays. It's basically an obscure.
1: Sorry, I'm just. I'm my. Being back here, um, it's basically the character he played in The Empire Strikes Back.
0: Yeah. Are um, they
1: both; those are both bar- those those two most uh, most, most definitely sort of autobiographies. Yeah, um, and so is
0: the third one. Now, the third one, obviously, gets more. Um, <laughs> do you think we should read our? Do you think we should read our what we contributed? Yeah, <laughs> why not? <laughs> why not? Indeed. Um, what was that one called? That's that yes, yes schools Now, because the it's an, a
1: yellow uh, lettering on a on a. Um, yeah. Uh, no, well, sorry. Uh, um, orange lettering on a yellow um, background. Yeah. It's faded a bit. Yeah. Uh, I haven't actually got my reading glasses, but um, let's have a little look.
0: Because um,
1: yeah. I, I think I tell a general commentary, but there's, there's loads of fans there. But I, I don't. Uh, I say we we met him many times, and he could uh, he was dance. You know, we see him as as looking quite old in some of the shows, and um, and yet um, he's. You know, he, he was there at Battlefield yeah, with us, yeah. he, which he mentions here. And he, um, he was dancing with us. Yeah. And he, um, he danced us. Um, let me see. Mine's at the start of a chapter. Ah, Nick Goodman here. Yeah, Nick Goodman, Salisbury Wiltshire. Approaching the guests, um, one uh, and two. Approaching the guests, two, one. I think that... I'm not quite sure what I mean. <laughs> um, I don't want your autograph, I just want to chat. I would think uh, i would think, as I asked for another autograph uh what can i what can one do? Try which if you can the thought, um, thought though I, th- I eating a twilight snack sat um, just before Colin Baker's signing session at the first convention. this is really what I call having your tea in front of Doctor Who <laughs> um, avoid questions like what's your favorite story, which I used on a, our author he answered correctly um. Uh, Michael is a gifted communicator. John Woodnut too. He once halted an autograph queue when I obliged. he obliged w- with a, a one-man Doctor Who episode complete with music and effects. Faced with t- charity, I didn't mind the other... Did I mind the other guests on the t- table are gone? Hurrah for the communicators. <laughs> um, but yes, that was the book where we we, we made our Michael Shear breakout. It's my theory, though, that... I, I mean, I don't know, but I think he was... He obviously died of cancer, and I think he he had a hunch he wasn't very well for some time, mm. uh, which is why he really... Because he really, really, really did throw himself into conventions and fa- gave himself to the fans in the last years of his life. And, um, like, in a way, I've I've ne- I've seldom seen. And um, he... Uh, he did make, make mention of having a blood pressure problem or something like that, which is... Uh, I don't know, I'm speculating, but he really did...
0: Oh, here we go. Of the hat. I didn't realize I'd written something. I thought it was just quite a small bit, Well, it is not long, but it's it's longer it's longer than I thought it was i'm I'm at the start of uh, chapter seven Paul Chandler Woking Surrey that's not changed uh as an a level student, I think I suddenly matured and began feeling sorry for teachers in the nineteen nineties at conventions. I began to feel sorry for the guests. It's a terrible shame that, as fans of Doctor Who many of us end up asking. Some of the most mind-numbingly stupid and boring questions imaginable when faced with our favourite actors. Questions that we probably already know the answer to. It's as if we just want a live-action replay of what we've already read. Unfortunately, a good convention guest can be addictive, can make you laugh harder than an episode of Forty Towers. And so you end up coming back for more, only to utter those immortal words. Sylvester, what was your favourite monster? (laughs) it's a bit like one of the bits that you wrote as well it was one of those recurring things I have a feeling we were told not by by
1: Michael but Mm. by um, somebody that he was only looking for 100 words and Mm. so I only wrote a little bit and I think when we saw him he sort of went no 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 go go for it but um, it was a nice thing to be remembered Mm. I don't think that book um, I think it was it was very it was out there um, only for a short time Time in after, into after you died. I don't. I don't think there was another. I don't think it went to print again. But mm. um, it's just nice to. It's just nice
0: to be. Heard. I probably. I probably have a couple of copies of, of myself. Um, following that, on the sh- on the shelf, we have got Deadly Dangerous. Tomorrow is that. It is Michael
1: again, mm. and this time, and this was. I was extremely excited with this. Um, ten. It came out ten years ago at the same time as the original, uh, Prophets of Doom, and it's. The scripts, I think it's about six, five or six scripts of Doomwatch that are from episodes that don't exist anymore. And mm. um, one of which is Fire and Brimstone, which is particularly one I was interested in, mm. which is um, uh, uh, the character Ridge kind of goes mad mm. uh, at it. And I... it's It's been, again, it's been much, much read because I'm, I'm always interested in missing episodes of things and um, I, I really enjoyed reading them. I think they... I, I hope, I know that it's, it's a, some hope, but I hope that they'll resurface one day mm. um, and uh, and they'll, they'll put them out there because um, it was a great, great series and Michael Seeley does it the best justice possible. You know, he's, 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 he does a great job on it. Now, next to that, what's the 007 diaries? Ad- 007 diaries, yes. That was given to me by Andy a, c- a couple of birthdays ago. Uh, that's our friend Andy Ching. Mm. Um, been on the show yeah he's yeah he he's been he and i are both bond fans and um Live and let uh, it's the it's Roger Moore's diaries during the making of Live and let die it's absolutely <laughs> fascinating because a you don't realize how long <laughs> The shoot was. They go. They, they start in the sort of autumn of seventy two, and they're they're still making it in well into seventy three. Mm. Um, it's interesting to see the the dynamics of the actors and what happens, and and the kind of the days off and things like that. It's a it's a blow by blow account, and mm. it's significant because *Live and Let Die* was the first bomb film I ever saw. I saw mm. my mum took it took me to see it uh, at the cinema. Mm. In '73, I think, no, we, we, in those days, we, we seemed to go to the cinema every other week. You know, so it must have been a lot cheaper than it is now. So, looks uh, like you have another book about Dad's Army. Is this about the series more than? It is. Yeah, that that was presented to me by um, Sally, the director of of Dad's. Well, Dad's Army. I did on stage ah. um, in 2019 mm. at Studio Theatre. I played a combination of um two characters um because they, they're having trouble casting i played um i can't remember their names now but it was the guy who was played by tavern thomas the welsh goofy welsh actor and a combination of him and private sponge i think um it didn't do it, it wasn't a good combination because it was certainly wasn't scripted that way but um, because one was pro mannering and one was anti mannering, <laughs> so I'm sort of I was, I was kind of buttering him up in one scene and slagging him off in the next. So it, it, it didn't really work the combination of the characters. But I enjoyed being part of it, even though I'm a bit a little contemptuous of um, TV shows becoming plays. You know, I, I think it's a bit mm. it's a bit like. Um, uh, Celebrations, You know, mm. no, that's just a small Mars bar. Why don't you be your own chocolate? You know, <laughs> uh, and I, I just and again, I'm plays. Maybe I'm just too rigid in my thinking, but it's a super book. Uh, again, I like behind the scenes uh, things, learning about the actors, learning about how they got the part, learning what they were like and what their background was, you know, and, and it delivers in spades that book. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it was it was a, um,
0: a present from the director. Mm. The next three books, at least, I think we've done on the uh, podcast. Blake, Blake Seven books. I think we did them in one of our book club episodes. That's right. Uh, I mean, the Blake Seven, the novelisation is just called Blake Seven. Mm.
1: Um, I bought when series one was still going out, but um, in 1978 at, again, paperback parade. There's a very odd picture of the Liberator because because it was a telescopic looking. Thing. It was shot at various angles, mm-hmm. and you wonder if it was actually upside down or not. And for years, mm-hmm. I, my, my vision had, had it upside down, but it's, I think it's actually just on, on one side, coming towards you. Mm-hmm. But um, the Blake Seven programme guide was something I picked up at WH Smith in night, the Christmas 82. And having remembered the show from day one, it, it, was, it was the first reference that you got um, of the whole series. And um, Blake Seven Monthly which was a publication at the time, um, plundered this ruthlessly for, uh, when they did a, their own storyline. And it was quite clearly they were, st- they were stealing it word for word, but mm. they changing a few words so they didn't, it didn't look too obvious. And even some of the inaccuracies that they got, they got Animals and Headhunter of the last series round the wrong way, mm. and Monthly had it round the wrong way. <laughs> and so uh, they had it in production order rather than transmission order. But it's, it's a good book. Um, some of its interpretation of things is a bit weird. Tony Atwood, who wrote it, um, went on to write um, a story about you know the, the, what happened after the, the big shootout at the end. It mm. wasn't very good, mm. and I don't think it's very well considered. But um, I, I prefer Tony Atwood as a, as a sort of episode guide. Mm. <laughs> and the third one, um, Project Avalon, which is a novelisation of three of the Series 4 episodes.
0: Mm. So we've got the assassination run... And the Assassination game, were they TV, TV shows?
1: Um, yes. Now, um, Jack Gearson, who uh, was the writer on both Assassination run and the Treachery game, uh, was um, a previous... The previous year had adapted Running Blind, but Desmond Bagley, which I had watched on the... Te- you know, there was... I've I i like always liked spy thrillers and things like that, and I thoroughly enjoyed with that. So when I heard there was another Jack Gearson. Uh, thriller coming up. Uh, not only was I delighted about that because it, it was in the same slot, the New Yearish. Um, I was even more delighted to learn that the Doctor Who girl, Mary Tan, was playing the, the the wife in it. <laughs> and the, like, Treachery Game took up the same characters from Assassination Run and gave them another story. And I love both of them. Um, the I I think. <laughs> I, I think i saw assassination run twice on its in two, first two transmissions treachery game i remember i, I only dipped into it patchily because I, by that time i was at um secondary school and i had homework and goodness knows what but um i yeah i did i did, um i would love to see those and Run running blind out on dvd um, I don't know if they've got copyright problems or something, but that that really is screaming out for release. I'd love to see those, so they're cracking stories.
0: Now, coming towards the end of the episode but I think we've got time for a few more um, we've got uh, is that a Callan novelisation? Um,
1: yes, that's, uh, a Red Father Callan is the novelisation of um, Magnum of Scro- Scroder mm. uh, Scrider, um, who's it, which is the first ever episode, so it's a a novelisation expanding the first time. I haven't actually got round to reading that yet, but we picked it up in a, um, in a jumble sale or junk shop or something, um, and I thought, oh, yeah, that's, that's quite... We've got Carrie by Stephen King. Um, it is, I have to say, the only Stephen King book I've actually read from cover to cover. Um, One of the short ones. short ones. <laughs> I read... Yeah, I, I was interested in Carrie before I even saw it, and the subject of whole the subject of bullying and things like that, I kind of was uh, I'm, I'm sort of any kind of anti bullying message I'm, I'm all there. Um and I I I enjoyed reading it. It's it's a bit more graphic than the 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 movie, but I do love the movie very much. And um but I I actually this is one of the rare occasions I actually read the book before I saw the movie. Mm. I didn't s I read the book in eighty two, I didn't see the movie in two a year after.
0: Yeah, I probably didn't read it that long after. Now there's a jo- Joyce Grenfell uh, requiem. No, request the pleasure. Yes, is that I th- like anecdotes? Have a feeling it's her, but
1: autobiography. Oh right. Mm. But again, that's our, oh. Ali's more the joy. I'm, I quite like her. We're watching a DVD <coughs> of her um, TV shows at the moment. But uh, I quite like her. But Ali's the fan. Yeah. So th- that's very much an Ali book.
0: She was very, very British sort of. Mm. <laughs> It seems wrong to say, to say that, like, the Victoria Wood of her day, but... Well, she was. <laughs> yeah. I, I think, I think um, she was very much
1: Victoria Wood, because she was, um, uh, she, you know, she had that, that kind of... Um, she didn't really need anybody else on the show, you know. She, she was talented enough with characters and everything <laughs> to do it herself, not like Vicky Wood. But also, I have to say, watch, watching the telly shows that she did, um, if you stick a pair of glasses on her, you've got my aunt,
0: <laughs> uh,
1: my aunt, auntie Wynne. Who um, would have only been about twelve years younger than her? Um, yeah. and my dad's sister, who
0: is quite. Mm. Uh, I think I can remember is isn't the one where she's like telling off a child for being inappropriate at the dinner table or something. George, <laughs> don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's very, <laughs> yeah, very they're quite British. Fun. They're quite fun. Mm. I think I've got a DVD at home somewhere. Um, then we've got one or two books that are based on other uh, armchair for the, the the Patricia Highsmith, yeah, Dog's Ransom. That was uh,
1: adapted um, into a six-parter for Armchair Theatre, the second story. And um, what's interesting is it's an American It's set in America. It's an American story. And um, John Bowen, who adapted it, adapted it for Britain. Mm-hmm. And I think he did a very good job. Mm-hmm. I know our friend Phil doesn't think so, um, but I think yeah he He got the essence of it right down to and the characters <laughs> um had a fine job and I think actually he um when he gets onto the dogna the police get onto the dognab but it's it's a lot more logical on the in the adaption mm. um than in the book bu- in the book he just goes from house to house and house and that, you know and, and you think the chances of him finding it whereas i don't in, in, in uh, on the telly uh, he, his his girlfriend actually illicitly tips
0: him off I don't remember if we discussed the books in the, in the book club but we discussed arm thriller around the archives mm. and the books did come in a bit in that for sure yeah
1: I, i'm mis- i'm between copies of chelsea murders at the moment
0: oh uh, yeah um yeah. which is i know you, your favorite stuff I, I got a copy but i think it was in one of my i have an awful habit of when i was going to work regularly having a rucksack and putting more and more into the rucksack until the rucksack gets. Too unmanageable, mm-hmm. and then getting a new rucksack and just putting the old rucksack in a cupboard somewhere, <laughs> and then coming. And I have a feeling that one of my copies, of, or my copy of *Chelsea mm. Murder*, the the novel, was mm. kind of lost, was in. It, it, it was stuck yeah. in. I think it survived, but uh, yeah, not ideal though. Um, then. Ooh, The World's Greatest Hollywood Scandals. Is that Ali? I a super book.
1: Bu- no, it, it, was, it was given to me by <laughs> Ali as a sort of... Because she knows I like, sort of showbiz stories and anecdotes and things like that. It's a wonderfully pithily written um, book about the various scandals of the uh, more the sort of early Hollywood days. And it's got a wonderful tone of phrase... Um, especially when it's talking, it talks at length about the McCarthy witch hunt in the fifties, mm-hmm. where uh, Joe McCarthy was saying that such and such is a is a communist sympathizer, and and the whole thing blew up into a witch hunt. And um, it says it says about how um, as, there's a bit I'd, I'd like to read actually because um, it's it's there's a wonderful I hope I haven't already done this, bit, but, but there's 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 a bit a wonderful bit on how how it all came came a apart for him, but McCarthy as I say McCarthy Witch Hunt is is something that um is very much part of h- history small print it is small print yes <coughs> it 's only disadvantaged, but it 's written so z- zappily and and amusing um that i I've, I've, i must admit i've've' it it's looked very thumbed and because when the, in the days when i had I actually had time to read mm. in my lunch hour um it was um yeah, there we go. Um, McCarthy's bullying inquiries lasted until April 1954 when the American people finally grew weary of him. It would be cheering to think it, that an overwhelming revulsion swept him away, but the truth is M- that McCarthy was one of the great first great casualties of overexposure on television. People simply grew bored with him. <laughs> I love that. It, it's, it's full of lovely little...
0: Uh, the, the way he phrases things is marvellous, and I... Yeah the book the book next to it Brainrack by yeah. Kit Pedler and Jerry Davis ah, yeah. who are associated with Doctor Who and creating the Cybermen what what's Brainrack Brainrack
1: is one of their in the 70s they because of course they also did Doomwatch oh, yes, together and um that was given to me by Alan Alis, uh Hayes um it's actually a, their original novel about a I think it's about a radiation wave that sort of affects people's intellect I haven't actually read it yet but uh it's it's one of about three ind- you know original novels that they wrote in the 70s um but I think it was one of those that I think what at least one of them was uh, up for an option for for a film but uh, which never
0: materialized but uh yeah it's a sci-fi adventure I must read it sometime intriguing um I so say we're running out of time, but I'll pick, probably pick a couple more, then say goodbye, and then we'll talk about a couple more uh, after the, mm. after the uh, end credits. <laughs> but, um, dear Blue Peter, I think I've dipped into this one. This, mm. Isn't this written by about oh, sort of behind the scenes and stuff? It's Blue, actually uh, all the
1: letters oh, yes. written to, mm. to Blue Peter over the years. Again, this was a present years ago um but yeah it's it's a, it's a nice little compilation of all the letters all the quirky letters that blue peter have had over the years <laughs> i
0: think i'm thinking of a different i think there's a a biography by about blue peter sort of from behind the scenes of one of the eight the producers but um for those of you who don't know blue peter it was a Sort of magazine, children's magazine program that ran from well, still runs to this day, although not on BBC One anymore. But uh, um. or oh, the the other book I'm actually
1: on on going back to the Top Shelf very briefly, uh, my Toll Puddle, which was all about the Toll Puddle Martyrs Rally. Mm. Um, I actually am in that. Uh, I've got a section in that, and Ali's got a picture in that. Mm. Uh, she went... Her first one was in 1975, when she was a baby. Mm. And um, there's a picture of her at her first Toll Paddle rally, printed in there, and there's a picture of... There's a, a section I wrote where I'm talking about my first Toll Paddle, having gone to it and sort yeah. of... I suppose I, I was... Well, I was I was in my late 30s when I went to my first one. So, But, uh, yeah, that's another example of uh,
0: a publication. Now, um... Dropping down to the the bottom shelf, um, there, there's a, a book by somebody who has been on this show. Uh, it's a book all about tenko. Um, I, I can't I can't remember the full title, and I can't read Remembering it. Remembering tenko. Remembering tenko, by by Andy Priestner, who, well, he's on many podcasts, but he did talk to us about music last year, and we'll hope to be back again soon. I can't remember. I think I might have seen this book
1: advertised on on Facebook. I think. He, oh yes <laughs> yeah because i think we just we just got the um the complete set of tenko for a while it was difficult to get the whole lot and i watched tenko i think i i didn't i don't think i ever missed an episode of tenko i, I was on uh 81 to 85 and I, I i we it's one of those programs we watch religiously as a family and um it's it, he does a super job. It's uh, um, an in-depth episode guides how the whole thing was done. Mm. Interviews with loads and loads of people. I even think, even though uh, when I met Bert Quark, he seemed to th- he seemed to think he wasn't in it because people thought he was dead. But <laughs> there is an in- there is an in- there is a contribution from <laughs> Bert Quark. Um, so I, I don't quite know why he thought that. But um, but no, uh, well done, well done, Andy. It's
0: it's 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 I'm great, dope. great. Andy and martin Holmes uh, also of this regular contributor to this show um did a they did a very good episode or series of episodes about tenko and about um sort of well they did, on their eight of of t v drama but because Andy knew many of the cast from writing the book he was able to do some additional episodes with interviews. Which uh, really added to the, the 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 initial episode on the show, which I, they chose because it was I have to letter say, T. not only is it one of the best shows I think the Eve league ever did, but
1: I certainly it's easily the best um, war drama they ever did because it's a real emotional roller coaster, mm. and um, and it, it, the, the hardship of war, it, it's probably the the one production that shows the hardship of war more than mm. anything else.
0: Well, I think it's a good place to, well, to 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 leave this. Although, um, there's there's no hiding the fact we'll be back again briefly after the. Uh, we always do that. <laughs> the listeners know we do that. But uh, it's like um, the encore, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, thank you too much. I'm really <laughs> must go. Hey, I'm back again. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, Nick, thanks for sharing some of Pleasure. some of the books in your collection. Pleasure. And uh, um, a slightly different way of doing a book club so because it kind of. Um, we get to cover a lot more books and, uh, and, and all quite diverse, mm-hmm. whereas we tended to group them um, when we did our book club shows or have some theme. Uh, it's quite interesting also to do quite the opposite and just kind of um, look at, look it at like you, like you've walked into, some, into the room and, and and there they are on the shelf. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, well, we'll be back again soon, listeners. Um, in fact, we'll be back very soon in about uh, thirty seconds. But yeah. uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, we got plenty of episodes in the can. We'll be uh, we we'll presenting one of those uh, within within days. So, uh, but anyway, thanks again, Nick. And, Pleasure. Uh, bye bye for now. Bye bye. about the Tomorrow People that you mentioned yeah. to me earlier is it Jaunt it's called Jaunt it? yes uh, unofficial
1: guide to the Tomorrow People I was I've been looking uh, I, as with all these series you know the, the series I love I, I like to read more about them and mm. um, um yes this was one that was coming you know that was coming out it, it's quite nicely done I, I would have liked a bit more detail but um it's it's not it's not up to the, the Tenko and, and um the mm. t- um, Prophets of Doom standard, but I don't think it's. I think it's trying to do something a little lighter and a little better. It's got interviews with Roger Price, who who created the Tomorrow People, wrote mm-hmm. most of the stories, and it's it's its main selling point, as far as I'm concerned, is it's actually got the script of the unmade series nine. So it only they only had eight seasons because it, the show got cancelled. There was all sorts of strikes and everything, and but uh, the show got cancelled, and uh, the, the Mystery Moon the the unmade, presumably 1979 or 80 season um, was is is there in its entirety?
0: Yeah, because um, listeners again, who don't who may not know Tomorrow People was a children's series, a sort of often described as I, um, ITV or Channel 3's um, sort of rival to Doctor Who, but it didn't rival it. In that it wasn't ever on the same on the same day because Doctor Who was always on on Saturdays back in then, and Tomorrow People was in the week. I, I presume. Or? Also, I think you know the effects. Um, you know they, they,
1: they expected to do Doctor Who on a, on a sort of sitcom budget. Mm-hmm. Um, I I thought they had some. I thought the standing set they have for the lab, uh, the Tomorrow People's lab, was excellent and um then it caught fire and they built a bright sunny one that looks like someone's villa in spain and <laughs> completely spoilt any atmosphere um, but i yeah i mean it's
0: it's it, it, it was it was meant to rival doctor who but it, but it came it came back in the 90s for a few years and then did, the, there was an wasn't there an american version american quite version, recently that i yeah, I, I mean I, it's it kind of tried to get back to prices
1: original by having a version of jedekiah who was the robot mm. the villain in the first one but I felt it was too grim and too uh, you know the characters were trying to be too gritty and some of the, t- the the key thing with the tomorrow people is because of their special powers they couldn't kill anyone mm. and there was some tomorrow people actually killing people mm. so I thought no you've lost you <laughs> you've completely it's been an, it's been it's disappeared down a funnel here mm. and we're not getting it I might have Given it another shot, but I, I, I thought there was there were being too grim and gritty. I think mm. for, for what it was, um, the nineties ones I don't think were too bad. Um, there's some silliness about it. I mean, the first, the origin story, which was written by Roger Price, ironically, is the silliest of them all. I mean, <laughs> it's got it, it, the, it's five episodes and mostly pointless running around, um, and a sort of the concept of the military using the tomorrow people's powers have been done so much better and so much more crisply and in, mm. uh, in the original series um, but christian smith of neighbor's fame was a very likable lead mm. and and in fact one of the tomorrow people of the 90s has gone on to be Miss Moneypenny in Bond. Uh-huh. Uh, Naomi Harris, she was, uh, and she worked with, she was, there was an episode with Christopher Lee, um, so she, sat, she worked with a Bond villain before she was in Bond. <laughs> uh, the Christopher Lee episode, the Ramesses connection, was easily the best because it took itself very seriously and had lots of adventure and danger. And, and um, although I do remember Andy Ching spitting blood. When, we, when it went out, because he was just preparing uh, an Egyptian story of his own, which we filmed as um, Child of Anubis. Mm. Uh, but this, of course, had... It wasn't exactly the same, but it it had some parallels, and I, I
0: think it was... Uh... <laughs> yeah, um, we've also got... Is that a book on The Wicker Man? Yes, it is, yes. Um,
1: you got me into The Wicker Man, actually. Mm. Um, in fact, I, I discovered... Edward Woodward in the same year about 20 years ago um, and I, you, you lent mm-hmm. me oh, did you lend me The Wicker Man? I can't remember I do uh, I, did have it I have a feeling I watched it with you mm-hmm. Ali and I watched it with you <coughs> and I thought well this is this is good um, and bought our own copy have we yes we yeah it's over there it's, we've got, yeah we've got a copy um, I've had a number of copies and um, I uh, there's this book again I'm, I'm keen on behind, on behind the scenes stuff and this is r- written by an aficiado, um with lots of interviews of the cast, many of whom are no longer with us, inc- well, including the, um, the, the writer who's no longer with us and um, it's, yeah, it's a great book and it's got lots of good pictures in it as well
0: I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univarspods.net Is that an autobiography or a biography on Gene Wilder?
1: Um, I Is that alley think one? it's an autobiography. Again, it's an alley book. Mm. So I I, like Gene Wilder, but I, I maybe not have thought of going out and buying his his book but um that's definitely ali and you've um, that or, autobiography yeah he was still with us i take it the david essex book is also Ali. Oh, most definitely <laughs> yes I, I don't think i'd We've... one of which is original um fiction
0: you know is regional fiction from him i think i don't think that's an autobiography uh, i think that's actually a book we have um, talked about david essex relatively recently on the podcast when we covered Seventy four, maybe, or seventy three, maybe. Yeah. Um, on the music episodes,
1: Cub, I, I think Cubby Broccoli. I would say that yeah. and Michael Caine's autobiography, which I think is is down there somewhere, is I think one of the most enjoyable mm. autobiography. The two of the most enjoyable autobiographies I've ever mm. read because they're they're wonderful rags to riches um, stories, and. Um, uh, they're both thoroughly entertaining. We've got the laugh out loud
0: moments. And you mentioned Christopher Lee, and there's his yes, that um, an autobiography or a biography. I like Christopher Lee again. though no, that's Ali's mm. Ali's
1: um, book. That book was republished as um, with a reference to his Star um, Star Wars appearances, but yeah. Ali wasn't terribly impressed with that and referred to. Um, to, um, you know to, to, uh, to, uh, as it was to all dark and gruesome mm. um, I'm,
0: I'm, that's one I'd like to read at some point though, because I do like him. so um, if you were going to have to take five books from that what to I haven't given you any warning of this yeah, yeah, yeah. If you were going to have to take five of those books, what would you what would you take? Um, <laughs> right um,
1: I did, I'd take the English hymnal, which yeah. um, I, I have not mentioned. Um, Michael's Prophets of Doom book. Yeah. About Doom, Doom Watch. Hum. Um, um I, I'm going to provisionally say Cubby and, and yeah. Michael Caine's oh, books. Yeah. Um, that leaves me with only a Maybe
0: you should just take Brain Rack, if you've not read it yet. <laughs> be, yeah, there I, might I don't be I'm I'm like
1: it yet, but uh, yeah. Travel and, shall I take that one with us in it? I think yeah. I sublime. Yeah. so, so yeah, be. I mean, that's uh, that, off the top of me head. That would probably be, the, yeah. The, the, and,
0: and yeah, oh, that's good. Um, I won't be asking you to do that, so you don't have to worry, <laughs> but anyway, right, right. Nice, um, nice, Actually, I,
1: um, I might possibly substitute, um, well, usually, um. Well, actually, I might possibly substitute
0: um, the the Michael book for sided with Rosie, which I've. Got Although there. Um, Desert Island Disc oft- often allows you to have a religious text, so you might get that one for, f- for free. So I it might, might
1: but then there's also there's there's a number of old Bibles that belong to both my parents, my mm. um, auntie Dorothy, and my father-in-law. Uh, so I, I might take one of those with me. Mm. Um, but mm. as I say, that it's a tricky one. That. <laughs> Oh, uh, just a, one thing just one more thing um, Woody Allen's complete prose I think Ali I think it was yourself or Ali gave it to me I can't remember mm. but um, I remember being very impressed I've read that all the way through and I remember that his written prose are actually even funnier yeah. than his films they, they really are good yeah, I'd probably have, then, have that as my Bible. Like, that'd yeah. be my that'd be my version of a Bible. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, I'm, again, I, I, you know, if I if it's extended to ten, that would probably be. Damn. But uh, no, I, I um I do like I do, I do like his prose. I think they're very good.
0: Oh my goodness! I can't wait to hear where in the world.
1: All oh, the Shaiety is recording from today. <laughs> it could be anywhere. Oh uh, yeah, that's perfectly normal on the Shai Podcast. Perfectly normal. I don't know, but sometimes this show is really weird.
0: Hundred and
1: eleven hundred and eleven hundred and eleven, eleven, five 500, eleven, five eleven, five hundred and eleven. Oh, kitty kitty kitty, 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 kitty. Oh, I love Diddy. This is just the weirdest thing I've ever heard.